Hi everybody, my name is Nick Beard. I'm the audiovisual director here at Peninsula Covenant Church, or PCC. Welcome to our message podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey everybody, my name is Gary. It's great to be with you. How are you doing? You okay? Oh, good. Um, we want you to know that every day you have to make a choice. And what we want you to know is a choice has been made for you from heaven. It's a choice of being courageous. Today we're not saying, go be courageous. We're telling you in heaven's eyes, you're courageous. You're courageous. Uh, last weekend I wasn't here. I was in Kentucky. Uh, my second daughter graduated, so that means from college. That means I got a raise last weekend. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, but, um, you know, with Wilmore, Kentucky, it's, it's a small town, one stoplight outside of Lexington. And I watched my daughter walk in uh, for the um, graduation and just started bawling uh, because I could say this about all my daughters. I've got five. I'm so proud of who they are becoming. Uh, and then I looked at my wife and I knew behind her is her, my wife. Behind her is a mom who gets up every morning and fights and has to make a choice when she leaves her bed for the day, am I going to choose courage or discouragement? In most days, she chooses courage. Most days, she goes straight to a time of prayer and she fights for each one of her girls in the heavenlies. And she fights for a relationship as they've gone from young babies into adolescence to young women. She fights for their friendship and she fights to bestow wisdom on them. It's amazing. Where does that kind of courage come from? Where does that kind of wisdom come from? The book of Proverbs in the Old Testament is written to show us what wisdom looks like. Now, when the Bible talks about wisdom, it's not talking about IQ or joining the Mensa Club or anything like that. Wisdom is bestowed. It's viewing life from heaven's perspective. And it's actually personified in the book of Proverbs. If you read the book, it's 31 chapters. Many people just read a chapter of Proverbs a day for their life because they want to be wise people. And if you read the book of Proverbs, wisdom is actually personified, are you ready? In the feminine. In chapters 1 to 7, wisdom is used with the feminine pronoun. Chapter 27 to 31, it's used in the feminine pronoun. And then in chapter 31, at the very end of the book, the closer, if you will, on wisdom, it's actually personified as a woman. A woman in a 22-verse poem. That's where you get wisdom. Now, many times, maybe you've even heard it taught this way, uh, women feel berated reading Proverbs 31 because they feel like, oh my gosh, I can't live up to that. We read it as a staff this morning. It tired me out just reading it. Read it today. Her resume, if you look at the 22 verses, would read like a Harvard Business School graduate working on Wall Street with a large house in the suburbs. Literally the do-it-all woman. Our modern day example might be reading Proverbs 31. If you aren't a Sheryl Sandberg in the world, you are falling short in womanhood. But that's not the case. What it's trying to do in Proverbs 31 is to show you how wisdom affects every aspect of life. Life at home, life with kids, life at work, life in relationships. That's why Proverbs 31 
is in there. Now, in Proverbs 31, in that final chapter, two times it talks about this amazing aspect needed to live wisely. I don't think anyone here would not want to live life with heaven's perspective. Anyone want to not do that? Right, you'd be a fool. In Proverbs 31, at the front of the poem and at the end of the poem, it uses this word. Let's look at it. Proverbs 31.10. Look at this verse. A wife, and by the way, the Hebrew word, Proverbs wasn't written in English, it was written in Hebrew. The Hebrew word wife can also be translated woman. So it's saying a woman, I'll translate it that way, of noble character. There it is, noble, who can find. She is worth far more than what? Rubies. In other words, you live into this kind of wisdom with nobility, and we'll unpack that word in a minute. You will be so valuable on this planet, it's crazy. Look at the end of the chapter, how it puts it. Takes that same word, next verse. Many women do what? Noble things, but you surpass them all. In other words, there's this character trait needed to live with wisdom. What is it? Nobility. Some of your English translations, the Hebrew word is, I got another slide, can you go to the next one? The Hebrew word is chayel, and some of your English translations uh, translate that word excellent, virtuous, uh, noble, as we saw in the NIV, but literally the word means a warrior woman, nobility, warrior-like. Now, did we not just hear that character trait exemplified in our three sisters here? Uh, the word in Hebrew is used in other places to talk about, excuse me, strength, bravery, competence, all in the context of battle, battle. One blogger that I read, he's a Hebrew scholar, he described it this way, this kind of woman is more like Wonder Woman than June Cleaver. So I read that blog, and then I get on a plane to go to Kentucky, and on my iPad on United Now, your whole entertainment system's on your mobile device, uh, there's Wonder Woman. I'm like, ah, I'll watch. And there's this amazing scene in Wonder Woman. Has anyone seen the movie? Yeah. I hope so. If you haven't, go see it. It's a spiritual experience. Amazing, amazing. I'm, I'm not kidding. Uh, there is one scene in Wonder Woman where she comes into a battle scene. It's taking place in World War II, and she comes into a bunker, and the Germans are opposing this battle group of men, these army, this army, and uh, the Germans are in front of them, and behind the Germans is a village that uh, has captives in it, and it's breaking Wonder Woman's heart. And she says to her comrade, we got to go. And he says, we can't. By the way, the bunker and the space between them and the Germans, do you remember what it's called? No man's land. And her comrade says, we can't. We've been here a year. We can't go there. That's no man's land. He says, it's not what, and she goes, there's a village back there. And he says, it's not what we're here for. And then Wonder Woman turns around and she puts her little crown on and she unfolds her hair and she turns back and she says, it's what I'm here for. <laughs> and I'm bawling on the plane because I'm thinking of how many times uh, my wife living with her and other women, and I saw it exemplified here again, have taken the cause of Christ or in our case, the cause of parenting 
much farther than I could ever. My wife has literally taken our parenting to no man's land. This church around the world has advanced because of women that have taken the gospel to no man's land. So I'm thinking on the plane, well, is that biblical? Jesus, are there places where women did things that men wouldn't do? It is. There are places in the New Testament of no man's land. I just want to quickly review them with you. Uh, let's start with Jesus being at a party with all men. And, I, and by the way, I just want to go on record. Everyone quote me on this. I love men. I am one, okay? I'm not bashing men. I'm here to honor women, though. Uh, he's at a party with all men, and a woman comes in and goes into no man's land. She walks through the courageous door, and she has this bottle of perfume and breaks it open on Jesus' feet in Bethany, outside of um, Jerusalem, right before Jesus is about to die, and she anoints his feet for his death and burial. As a matter of fact, you look in the scriptures, Jesus only would let one gender at his feet to worship him, and it was women. There's another time when Jesus is at another party with all men, and a woman walks through the courageous door, and she's so overwhelmed with the fact that she's been forgiven and accepted by Jesus, she just breaks down and cries, breaks open the party, goes right to Jesus' feet, and is weeping with her tears and wiping his feet with her hair. There's another time Jesus is with a crowd, crowds love Jesus, but no one would go up and touch him with healing. Everyone needed it. No one would do it except a woman who walked through a courageous door in the crowd and reached out with a touch of faith and touched his cloak, thinking, if I just touch him, I'll be healed. Everyone needed it, but only one woman went into no man's land and touched his cloak. There's times when Jesus was going outside the city in Jerusalem with the cross on his back. Everyone is spitting at him and throwing terrible things. If you study first century Roman crucifixion, it's brutal. And one woman goes through a courageous door, crosses into no man's land with a garment and just wipes his face because she's so concerned about Jesus. And at the cross, all his followers except one desert him. Who's left at the cross? A group of women who walk through a courageous door to the scene of a crucifixion enter into no man's land and stay there till Jesus breathes his last. And then when he rises from the dead, who's the first eyewitness of the resurrection? It's not a man. And again, I'm not dogging man. It's a woman. And she goes and gets men and brings them to the empty tomb. And they see it. Yeah, okay, it's empty. They leave. And only one gender stays there. The woman who's the first eyewitness of the resurrection. And the first person to clutch Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, again at his feet, is a woman. Where would we be without the courage that God has given women to cross out of the courageous door, cross no man's land, and go to places no man would dare to go. What we want you to know today, we don't want to beat you up with Proverbs 31 and say, do this, do this, read the 22 verses and, and be all those things. You can't be that. That's not why Proverbs 31 was written. As a matter of fact, in um, the 
God, in the Hebrew Bible, unlike the English Bible, the Hebrew Bible has Proverbs, and it has a book called Ruth that the Hebrews put right after Proverbs. And that same character trait of noble is given to Ruth. So it, it has this description of what it like, looks like to live with wisdom, and then it has a real-life story of Israel and a woman who would walk through a courageous door. For her, it was a border from Moab to Israel and would go into no man's land and live with courage. What we want to say to you this morning is this. You've got what it takes. God has hardwired you as a woman to live with wisdom, godly wisdom, and to do it with courage, to do it with nobility. And so what we really want to say, if you were to just you know, come down to the irreducible minimum is this. If you are a stay-at-home mom, we want to validate every day you have a choice to make. What door will you walk through? And take your motherhood to a no-man's land and to do things that are just otherworldly. It's a need today. It's why God put moms on the planet. If you're a coder or an engineer or a startup CFO, do it with valor. If you're a student, be a student of valor. To be a Proverbs 31 person is to seek to courageously live out wisdom in every area of your life. Following Jesus, who in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, is called the wisdom of God. And there's the secret, my friends. What are we saying? We want to encourage you today. You see it lived out in these three sisters who gave their testimony. We're saying you have what it takes. God has hardwired you. And we know every day you have to make a choice. Courage or discouragement. Walk through the courage door. And let Jesus meet you there with his grace to give you what you need. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for this word that's really applicable to both genders. God, what man does not need to hear the vital need for courage. But God, thank you for the wisdom you want to give us from heaven. Thank you for your word that applies that wisdom to our life, that nourishes us, that does your work. Lord, I bless women today. It will take courage to stand in this culture. It will take courage to advance your kingdom. And you've given us a beautiful expression of your character, specifically in the feminine nature. God, may they be celebrated. May they be encouraged. And may they find in you everything they need, even their identity. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. To those who've given birth this year, we celebrate with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and who deal with food stains and poopy diapers, we appreciate you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who deal with infertility, filled with sadness, hurt, tears, and pain, we hurt with you. We apologize for saying foolish things that don't help. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who've experienced loss through miscarriage, failed adoption, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need more of you. 
To those who have warm relationships with your children, we smile with you. Those of you who have disappointment, heartache, or distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who have experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience and the pain that comes with it. To those who've been through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall tests of motherhood, we're better because you're in our midst. To those who have chosen or have been forced to terminate a pregnancy, we remember them and you on this day. To those who are single but long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn with you that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who envisioned lavishing love on grandchildren and that dream did not come true, we cry with you. To those who are step-parenting, we walk with you on these complex paths. And to those who are pregnant with new life, like me, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. To those who are experiencing an empty nest for the first time, we empathize with you. A las mujeres que están echándole ganas para aprender nuevas cosas y encontrar sus caminos en este mundo que siempre está cambiando, estamos con ustedes. To the grandmothers who love, give, and sacrificially serve in your own beautiful ways, we thank you. If you are a single mom and have weathered death or divorce, we stand with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. Being a mom can be really, really tough. Sorry about that. You women, you mothers, are real warriors. We thank God for you. 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 We pray that the grace of Jesus touch you on this day. Thank you so much for listening to the Peninsula Covenant Church podcast. We believe you're here for a reason, and we would love to connect with you more. Our campuses are located in Redwood City, California. You can find us online at wearepcc.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for We Are PCC.